All right, folks, welcome back to Carolina Conservatives. We are Preachers with a Punch here, and we are w- glad that you have tuned in to us, and we hope that we are being a blessing to you and that we are able to uh, challenge you and to offend you. And, yes, I did say offend you. I hope we are offending you at least some, or offending somebody, because, I, Pastor, I hope that we are offending the devil at, at least. But i got a feeling we are. I'm having a feeling that we're getting offensive to a lot of folks. But I am Dr. Nathan Street, along with Pastor Alan Mashburn. Thank Thank you for joining us today we're taking this in a different path we've dealt with a lot of the issues that we're dealing with every day all of us are dealing with every day everything that we see on the news seeing the school boards today uh pastors in politics yeah i get asked a lot and and uh and get into some arguments well i should say arguments but i get into some debates a lot of how involved really should pastors be in politics? Should pastors be involved at all? Some pastors think that you shouldn't be involved at all in politics or say anything about it. But that's a question uh, that a lot of folks are asking. And so how involved should pastors be in politics? Well, let's take that from the onset. Let's dissect that question. Um, How involved should a pastor be involved in politics? Okay. First, let's take away the fear element. Mm-hmm. If it's because of fear that while while you're thinking that, that's completely inconsistent with your calling. You cannot be fearful. God's not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. And so your calling consists of a bold stand on the word of God. Does it mean that you get out and you trump uh, conservatism or anything else? It means that you take a stand on the word of God. And when you do that, you're always going to come on the correct side of issues, right? Like abortion, like standing against the LGBT, transgender garbage and filth, and all of that mess. Because God's already took a stand on it. Well, Pastor, you just bring up a really good point uh, now that this, it leads to another very good question that I've heard a lot of folks ask. And you know, it's no secret that. When you talk about all the ills of society that we are facing today with abortion, with LGBT, with this promotion of homosexuality in our schools, that it is one party particularly that is promoting this. So the question that I hear and that I've often discussed is, can you be a Christian and vote Democrat? I made a statement a few years ago to a good friend of mine who, a a very close relative, his wife, was a Democrat. And they're good folks. Mm -hmm. And I made the statement at that time, I don't understand how she can be a Christian and vote Democrat. And I say that's probably about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, today, I honestly... At that time, I was like, okay, I'm sorry I said that. Sorry I hurt your feelings. But fast forward 20 years, I would never take that back. I don't know how you can be a believer and vote Democrat. Now, I'm not putting a plug in there for the Republican Party. Right. I'm simply saying you cannot vote for the party that gets it wrong and stands on wrong and is the anti-God, the godless party. So what is what do we argue back then when someone says, yeah, well, but Republicans, they may be pro-life, they may be pro-birth, but they're not pro 
uh, pro-life. They don't support people getting all that they need and are socially viable, and that they are, uh, you know, that they help people. And you know, they're all they're about is about money. That's all the Republicans are about. So I'd much rather be voting a, for as a Democrat and be uh, and and get folks in who are going to help the poor and help the fatherless and like Jesus told us to do. That's the Democrats that do that. Well, that's garbage. They don't do that. (laughs) But here in America, we have a two main party system. Now that we have minor parties like the Libertarians, that's always on there. Now you've got the Green Party, the Constitutional Party, and all of those. But you have two main parties. And um, I'm not saying that you're wasting your vote if you cast it in a different direction. But I'm saying that you should pray about that vote before you cast it. It doesn't mean that God's automatically going to lead you to vote Republican, but I can tell you this, based upon their stance, I know, according to the Word of God, he is not going to lead you to vote Democrat. I, I, I would agree with that, and I've got a, I've got good Democrat friends, too, and and I believe their heart's in the right spot. Uh, yeah. But I will argue, uh, will tell you this, because we're preachers with a punch. I'm not going to pull, we're not going to pull any back. But I will say this, that if you are – if you vote Democrat, you vote for someone who has openly said that they are going to with they are going to perpetuate and they are going to ramp up abortion. They're going to ramp up uh, indoctrinating your children with this LGBT garbage. That they are going to ramp up stealing your money through taxes and at the at the point of a gun of the government. If they if you vote for that, you are in effect taking part in that and because your vote helps to continue that in our nation and so you need to be praying diligently about what you do with that vote we can we can affect the republican party i believe they're open to the christian message from everything that i have seen the democrats have made it abundantly clear that they want nothing to do with god they've even voted him out of their platform yeah they're the reason why we can't support them they've left us the american people that's right they've left the american church we can't support them i'm sorry well i'm not sorry but the point is we cannot go in that direction they've said we want to be the known as the godless party we want to promote abortion at all levels we want to promote an agenda that is a Mm free-for-all we want everything that life has we want it that's right we want to take your money and we want to redistribute wealth there can't be any uh classes of people um, even though they're the very ones that uh, is is setting up the class structure us against them, mm-hmm. uh, they want to take away rights, and and people's going to argue that. But listen to me. Here here's the word of God. Don't listen just to us. Yeah, preachers with a punch, but what gives us our punch is the Word of God. That's right. And the Word of God says in James chapter four and verse seventeen. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not. To him it is sin. Not saying that if you don't vote for the Republican Party, that's a sin. It means that what you do, you have given account to God for it. 
What you do, it must be in line with the Word of God. And when you know that God wants you to do something to honor His Word, and yet you do it not, that is sin. Now, preachers all the time come up with the ideas, well, I'm going to... It's against the law for churches to be involved and promote a candidate. Okay, follow the IRS code, whatever. Take a side. Uh, uh, it, it's against the law to take a side, and you're going to alienate some. And, and you said that you've mm-hmm. had some preachers say, well, God loves Democrats. He loves us all. Yeah, mm-hmm. he died for them. That's right. We realize that. But God will not hold us guiltless. That's right for casting something that we believe and know to be wrong mm-hmm. in that's uh, next to his word. And then one, one argument that I just truly love. Well, the Bible is not political. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's nobody in the Bible that stood up to, in, in politics. Really? Yeah. Why don't you read the Old Testament? Mm-hmm. Uh, read John the Baptist. He lost his head, but he never lost his message. That's right. He stood up to the king. Amen, and and they'll and then they'll try to get it down to, well, we're supposed to be Christ-like, we're supposed to follow the example that Jesus gave us, and Jesus was never political. I say to you, <laughs> baloney. Jesus routinely called out the Pharisees, who were not only the religious leaders, but they were also the political leaders of the day. He called them just about every name in the book that you could imagine. Called them whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. Yeah, and he called them vipers. A generation of vipers that is as about as calling out politicians as you could get and jesus if we need to be like jesus then that's what we need to be doing very offensive to jews to command them to dead men's bones exactly and so jesus knew exactly what he was saying but we have to have yes the example of christ likeness now that doesn't mean we automatically go in there and just start tearing up the capital that's not what it means at no. all what it means is we take the word of god and we stand on it and we say you know what we're not we're not budging mm-hmm. we're not moving we there's too much at stake for us to give you an inch. That's right. We love this country. Think of all the blood that's been shed on the battlefields. Think of 9-11. Think of every drop of blood that's been shed for our freedom. I'm not sitting down. I'm not letting them die in vain. I'm not, not, not doing it. Amen. And so we to give this straw argument that preachers should never be involved in politics, it is because you are fearful. You are fearful of what people think. You are fearful of what people in your church will think. You may be even fearful that you'll lose your your job, your pastorate. Listen, I want to please my Lord. I don't care about what people think. I want to care about what God thinks. And if I have no place to preach in a pulpit, I am confident that God will give me one, even if it's on the street corner. I'm not worrying about that. Grow a backbone and stand on the word of God. And the Bible tells us in Psalms that I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Amen. And folks, let me tell you something, that if we are taking the righteous stand, God is going to protect us. That does not mean that we will not suffer persecution. Oh, absolutely. Lord knows I have suffered persecution. I know what it's about. But the Lord is so good to come in, even when in the midst of that persecution. And when I can't walk myself, he picks me up and carries me. That's how good our Lord is. But we've got to stand on what he has called us to stand. We've got to declare the, what thus saith the word of God. 
And folks, I'm telling you that I, I, I fear that we have a lot of pastors, or I am concerned, I should say, that we have a lot of pastors out there who either buys into this woke garbage, this woke culture, this the, and and are, has adopted that into their churches, or that they are, are like Pastor has said, that they're afraid to actually stand up against it. And and if you look in scriptures, we the, every major leader in scripture stood against the political leadership of the day. Yes, they suffered persecution, but I will contend that it has to be persecution that we go through before we can witness the miracles of God. If it wasn't for Moses standing up against Pharaoh, there would have never been a Red Sea. If it wasn't for Elijah standing up against Ahab, there would have never been a Mount Carmel showdown. Absolutely. It has, you have to stand up for the righteousness of God before we can see the miracles that God has promised us. Absolutely. You're on the track there. In fact, you were really rattling them off a moment ago of the Old Testament. Just <laughs> give us a, a rundown of the Old Testament of yep. Old Testament leaders that stood up yes. to the powers of be. Well, you got Moses that stood up against Pharaoh. You've got the prophet Nathan who stood up against David. And when David yep. when David committed adultery, Nathan goes in and says, you're the man that yep. did it. You've got Micaiah who stood up, who is a really a little known prophet in the scripture, just has about that much. Uh, you know, very little known about him, but he stood up and he declared. Ahab even said, "I don't like this guy because he never says anything good about me." So, what does Micaiah do? Micaiah says, "You're going to die on the battlefield, buddy." And so, you know, and that's and, and and so he stood up against that. You got Elijah that stood up against Jezebel and Ahab. You've got you know, you've got just you've got Obadiah that stood up against Ahab. There I is think so of Amos. much of this. Amos, Amos. Good yes, grief. Yes, uh, Amos was he didn't cut any punches. No, a Amos said, "You got a plumb line, and you're going to stand up. You're going to be judged against this plumb line, and whether you, you know, if you don't if you don't measure up, you're going to get thrown out." That's right. You know? That's, That's exactly right. what I mean, folks. We all of these prophets throughout Scripture. They actually prophesied and declared the word of God that they saw. They declared it to the government leader. Look at Jeremiah. Who who was in exile and even preaching against the the Babylonians at that at that time? You know, it, it, you've got that, and I, I have a feeling that you know. I always always like to go back to the uh, to the three Hebrew children, uh, Pastor. That when the music sounded, yeah. everybody bowed except for the three. Yeah. There were God's people in that audience as well that bowed before an idol that they knew better than to bow to. Right. We've got pastors, and I'm going to say this, and I know they ain't going to like it, but we've got pastors in every denomination around this world that are bowing their knees down to that idol every single time the music sounds because they don't want to suffer what they feel like will be the fiery furnace if they stand up and stand up against the Nebuchadnezzars of the world. They, they that's just It's just where we are today. I would rather be one of the three. Because yeah. I'm going to see the miracle of the fiery furnace, and I'm going to see the man who is likened to the Son of God walking in the midst thereof with me. Especially denominational leaders, pastors of mega churches, yep. they fear they fear the worst. 
um, you've got pastors all over this land who are pastoring whatever size church. It doesn't matter what pastors every size church, and they're taking their stand. Listen, we're not asking and we're not promoting that you become a card-carrying member of any political party. What we're saying is do our jobs. Right. Do our jobs of preaching the word of God. Are we going to alienate some? Absolutely. Didn't yep. Jesus? Absolutely. John the Baptist lost his head. Prophets have suffered and died because they told the truth, but yet that was their job. That's right. And so we must do that. Our land depends on it. Our land requires it, and our Lord requires it. Every single one of Jesus' disciples, every one of them was martyred except for John, and they tried to kill him. Yeah. And they couldn't get the job done. But every one of them died a, a torturous death. Yeah. Except, and John was tortured. Uh, he just didn't die. But, folks, we, we, if we think that we're going to get out of some sort of persecution just because we keep our mouth shut, you're going to stand before God one day. And God is going to look at you, and he's going to say, you knew the truth, but you refused to say it. Yeah. Is he going to turn you away for that? That's the question that you've got to answer between you and God. But I will say this, that why do we not want to inject Christ and, and the, the scriptures into the political process? Why not do that? Why not should, should pastors run for office and get in there to ensure that God is represented in, in the halls of Congress and in the halls of our state houses and in the presidency and the White House? Why would we not want God back in those, in those public squares? When we took God out of our public squares, we saw what that did to our nation. Yep. It started crumbling. And folks, it, and it's it has and it's gone to our homes now. And let me go any farther than that. When we took God out of the system, now I wasn't alive back in the early seventies, but in the history that I know, and the everybody that I know that's filled me in, when God was taken out of the spectrum of our government of our schools. We just turned our back on it, and we just rolled over and accepted mm -hmm. it. And what happened? Oh, the Christian school movement. I'm not against a Christian school. I thank God for Christian schools. Right. But instead, it just made our, our jobs harder today in standing up to this indoctrination because they took everything, every bit of light out of the public school system when actually it was not as terrible as it is today. Mm -hmm. um, they might have stopped Bible reading. They might have stopped prayer. But they had great teachers. We have great teachers today. I'm not saying we don't, but I'm saying that they had excellent teachers back then. And they were church members. They were Christians. Yes. But what did they do? They vacated the premises in droves, started the great Christian school movements. They That was their mentality. Okay, we'll just take our children and take it out instead of teaching those children to be that salt and light in that area and taking a stand mm -hmm. and showing up at those board meetings when they had had an even better chance of yep. regaining ground. Yep, that's true. That's true. And so it was a detriment. We see that now. Yes. That yep. might have been what God told you to do at that time. And if God did, discussion over. Right. But I'm simply saying if we did it based on impulse, mm -hmm. that's wrong. That's right. And I, I agree. We've, we've added to the very much indoctrination and the difficulty of changing that today. That's right. I, I, I once had a, a pastor say to me or wrote to me, he said that we have gotten a, the image of Jesus all wrong. 
that we are we conservatives, we Republicans are we've got a picture of a Rambo Jesus and that Jesus is nothing like a Rambo Jesus. Let me tell you something, folks. I am so sick and tired of these weenie pastors and these pansy preachers out there that would rather still have an emaciated, frail, rolling over pacifist Jesus than to have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who's going to ride back on his white steed. You know what? Jesus is going to resemble more like Rambo than he's going to resemble what he was on the cross, folks. We're not going to see a baby Jesus come back. We're not going to see a crucified Jesus on the cross come back. Coming back as a conquering king. Conquering king. And he is a warrior god. And he is going to come back and eradicate this, this earth of evil. That is who we are. He is not like, like they are trying to paint him him to be jesus is the the strongest jesus is that as a pastor used to say that i I knew one time said he is that tall sun tan galilean that is going to be coming back riding on that white horse folks that's jesus now and we need to be we need to be like that we yeah i'm going to be like a rambo i'm going to go out and i'm going to fight i'm not going to stand by idly by it i'm not going to let the let the world win every chance that they can get i might lose i might lose all the time but at least i'm going to be able to stand before god and he's going to say well done thou good and faithful servant i'm going and he's going to say you fought the good fight you finished the course you kept the faith and and i'm going to go out and i'm going to declare it every chance that i can get and the here's the objection that i've heard from from different one and I, i i just have to say preachers have told me this I hate to say it as our colleagues, but um, there was a time when basically all preachers, now there may be some differences on some text or theology, right. but basically we were all on the same page That's right. on a lot of many uh, many issues. Yep. But I've heard them say, well, now, if you're on there teaching this or telling your side of the truth, your truth, you're not giving out the love of God. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Love it is the love of God when you tell people the truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is only hated by those who hate the truth. That's right. It is the love of God for me to tell my brother or tell my sister or tell my uh, neighbor or tell my coworker or tell someone that is blatantly wrong and living in sin that there is a hell to shun mm-hmm. that they will face and they're standing before the judgment of God and they will be cast into hell. That, my friend, is greater love Amen. than not telling them at all. Amen. And I, I and I will argue too. You know, we talk. We we have talked about that. You know, not not going, not siding with a political party necessarily. Um, and of course, we have said that. You know that there is one party who is pushing all of the evil that we are seeing. And that that's we the, have to say. We have to say it. It's the Democrats. They are they are pushing all the evil we're seeing. And I have seen some of uh, some pastors, some preachers, uh, some uh, some clergy folks who teach at seminaries and, and such as that, who vote third party. Okay, I understand voting third party, but they they will say that you know if you vote for the lesser of two evils, you're still voting for evil. 
folks, we are human beings. We're all evil. There are, are none good. None but the Lord is good. That's a cop out. That is a cop out. And I'll tell you what, it's more it's even more than that. What it is is they are afraid to come out and endorse the Democrat that they truly want to get into office because they know that they would lose a lot of their listeners, they'd lose a lot of their parishioners, they'd lose a lot of their readers. They are, they are afraid to come out and endorse that. I'm calling you out, Karen Swallow Pryor. She's, you're one of them. Calling you out, Beth Moore. You're one of them. Russell Moore, you're one of them. You refuse to come out. I have more respect for Phil Vischer the creator of VeggieTales, because he comes out and openly endorses a Democrat. I have more respect for him than I do for the for y'all who will go and vote a third party because you truly want the Democrats, you want the liberal to get in, but you're just too afraid to come yeah. out and say They it. won't say anything negative about the Democrat that promotes abortion or promotes the LGBT, XYZ, <laughs> ESPN, uh, endor- the agenda. Right. But they spent the entire four years condemning trump for even you know wearing his suit backwards or whatever just it didn't matter what he did right which you can have your own preference but my point is if you're going to call out something call out truth call out error uh, uh, put truth against error and call out the, the the sin call out all of that but you really reveal who you are Mm -hmm. who you truly are when you don't that's exactly right you you are you, you are siding with you are siding with the evil, and when you keep your mouth shut, when you stay silent, you, you are still siding with the evil. Yeah, there's no way two ways around it. I mean, you might want to say, well, that's just not me to come out and say, you know. And I've heard this. It's just not me to go out into the public square and to declare conservatism and to declare and and to, and to be political, be overtly political. I'll preach in my pulpit. I'm going to say that that too. You're you're a weenie. You're, you're standing in your four walls with an echo chamber. You know everyone that's listening is probably supports you and and probably believes the same way you believe because they're there listening to you and probably been there for years. You're a weenie because you won't go out to where you know where there are probably going to be some people who don't agree with you and you take the slings and the arrows and take the hits. You know what we're doing here is we're putting it out to everybody. Yeah, we know that there's going to be some folks listening to us who support us and back us. But we know that we've already gotten messages from those who think that we're just the devil incarnate. But let me tell you something. We're not afraid to, to take those hits because we know that when the, when the devil fights back against us, we are blessed. Yeah, it, it's not your job to go out and promote uh, the things of the world. I'll I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. If you want to use the straw argument, it is not your job to go into the public square to promote conservatism. Okay, if that makes you feel good. (laughs) It is your job to go and propagate the gospel. Right. It is your job to go and to promote the word of God in every facet of your way. The calling of God doesn't have an off switch. It doesn't have uh, various times where you're off and on. It does. It's without repentance. It uh, is is it's irrevocable. It, 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 call, if you've been called of God to preach. You need to go preach the Word of God and let the Word of God do its job. Now, I'll tell you one thing. The Word of God and preaching it will never produce a liberal. (laughs) That's the truth. I was just thinking that. That that is the truth. The Scripture, the Bible, is far more conservative. Absolutely. It is not a liberal text. 
it is conservative. So I fully believe people have asked the question before, is God conservative or liberal? I don't think God is either. I don't think that that is, a, that is anything that he even concerns himself with. But I will tell you this, that his word tells us, because he has given us his word, and if you read his word, it will lead you to a conservative lifestyle. So that kind of tells me that should we be more like God? That's what we need. Should we be more Christ-like? That's what we need to be asking Absolutely. ourselves. And if we live by the standards, the precepts, and the tenets of our faith, if we live by those and if we preach those, then we are going to be leading a far more conservative lifestyle than we will a liberal one. In my way of thinking, and my way of thinking is not everyone's, I've learned that. But in my way of thinking, there's two different worldviews, a biblical worldview and a humanistic worldview. That's right. And so you either have one of the two. Either the Bible forms your worldview and you look at politics in light of Bible truth, mm-hmm. or you look at your Bible in light of political truth. Mm, that's good. So how do you view the Bible? Do you put the Bible as equal with the world and the world's social problems and the cultural issues, or do you take the Bible and let it be your standard, and from thereby you form your thought, you form your philosophy based on the truth of the Word of God? We continuously strive to be more like the standards that the Scripture has laid out for us, and if we keep striving for that, then we're going to keep we're going to keep getting closer and closer to the Lord, which then leads us to be closer and closer to much more conservative principles. And, and the it, closer you get to the Lord, the more you think like Him. The more you think like Him, and right. the more you know His heart, and you know how He wants you to operate and vote. Now we've got to come to a close in just a moment, but I want to cover a couple of things before we leave. One of the objections that pastors use is that well, the law says that we cannot endorse a candidate, or we'll lose our IRS um, 501c3 uh, non-taxable status. Listen, that that's on the books. To my knowledge, it's only happened one time, and it was restored in 24 hours. But yeah, that's on the books as a means of in, of intimidation. I'll say. Yep. But pastors can individually endorse candidates. That is your legal right. Mm-hmm. The second thing I want to add is that. There's been a study group that has put out a number, and I don't have that number on me at the moment, but the fact remains there are many in our congregations that aren't even registered to vote. Mm. So what pastors can do and what churches can do is offer a time in a service or after a service or before a service to register your people to vote. That is of utmost importance. Now, why? Why would we want to register people to vote? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, whatsoever you, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do for the glory of God. God has given you the liberty. He's given you the, op, the, the, the gracious uh, blessing of living in this land called America. And by that right, he has given you the opportunity to vote. And so you have the opportunity to cast that vote in the direction that is the best that aligns with the Word of God. You say, preacher, how do I vote? I'll tell you how you vote. You put your Bible up next to the candidate, Mm -hmm. and the one that is nearest to the candidate you vote for. doesn't matter what party. I'm not a party guy. Now, I can guarantee you right now, 
there is nobody in the Democratic Party that's going to be near to the Bible. And and if you want to challenge me on that, go ahead. I'll sit down and debate with you. Not we you, welcome it. Not you. <laughs> but if you want to challenge me on that, go ahead. But I'm simply saying God's not going to lead you to a party. We need to lean into the Word of God and say, God, lead me to the candidate. You see, somewhere along the line, a lot of us have gotten the idea that this party politics We have got to say, God, lead me to the man or the woman who's going to stand nearest to you. That's right. Now, if the the Republican Party goes the way of the Democratic Party, I'll call them out in a heartbeat. And we'll leave them in a heartbeat. That's right. And we're not so in like Flynn that we can't step out. Mm -hmm. Um, They know where we stand, and they know that they need the Christian vote. That's right. And so straighten up and fly right or get out. Amen. But the point is, the Bible has to be our standard. And preachers, listen to me. You are the instrument that God has placed in front of your people. You have no idea, obviously, how much influence you have. Uh, apparently not. Imagine that if the great scripture of whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Imagine if we all voted to the glory of God, what kind of condition we would be in now. Folks, let me say – there's no perfect person except Jesus was the only perfect person who lived on this earth. He's still perfect. But we, we look for these people that we want to be absolutely perfect. Let me tell you something. Jesus is not running for office. He doesn't care. He'd be the only one. But Pastor Mashburn said it right. You've got to judge these candidates by the standard of Scripture how much of the scripture are they going to live by? Are they going to live by 100% of it? No. And the honest ones will tell you that they're not perfect and that they're going to do wrong things from time to time. And they're going to own that. And we got to respect that. But still, we've got to vote to the one that is the closest to scripture because that's our litmus test. That's our standard that we judge by. And if you sit home or if you go to that third party and you kind of cast away your vote just because, mm, you know, I'd rather just be able to keep selling my books and keep selling my products, then, you know, that's that's going to be – you're going to have to answer for all that. But, folks, let me just say, we've got to go out and we've got to declare it. We've got to stand up for what is right, stand up for our our faith and, and trust in the Lord to lead, guide, and direct. And I, the Bible tells us that he sets up kings and he takes them down. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray for the Democrat Party. We should pray for them. Lord knows they need it. That doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for President Biden and for Vice President Harris. Lord knows they desperately need it. And I'm praying that the Lord restores Biden's mind to him so that he so that we don't end up with a Harris. So, folks, I'm just telling you something that it's you know, we've got to we've got to uh, pray for these people and that the Lord will save them radically change their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We must pray for them. And, you know, I I think uh, our lieutenant governor said it best when I was in a meeting with him. He said. You know, when I get to heaven, I want to look over in heaven and I want to see Nancy Pelosi walking. I want to see Chuck Schumer. What he was saying is, I want to see them saved. Amen. I want to see them come to Christ. Now, listen, they're on the very forefront of evil. Anytime you support abortion, you're on the forefront of evil. Anytime you support anything contrary to the word of God, you're on the forefront of evil. But they're not outside of the reach of the grace of God. Amen. So 
they can be saved, and we must pray for their salvation. Pray for them to have godly influence. Your praying is not amiss. No. God takes your prayer, and he works in it, and he places people in their path, I believe, that uh, will ultimately answer that prayer. Now, they may or may not ever get saved, but the point is we still have an obligation to pray for them. That's right, and we ask you to pray for us as well. We are out here on the front lines. We are declaring the word of God. We are really, you know, we are taking it to the streets, no pun intended. They are taking it to the streets, and we are, are declaring the word, and it's not popular. What we are saying, what we are doing is not popular. Now, we are thankful for Carolina Conservatives for backing us up, the network there for backing us up and working with us. Not only do we need your prayers, which is foremost, we need your prayers. We want you to lift us up Amen. in prayers. We want you to support us. We want you to endorse us. We want you to share. We want you to like, subscribe, everything, all of those those new phrases that are used out there in technology now, I'm not that. Uh, so we want you to do all that. If you want to sponsor us and have a spot on our on our podcast and on our on a, one of our episodes, we definitely would love to have you come and, and be a part of our team. Here. We welcome that. It's come to a time that we have to close. Until next time, I'm Alan Mashburn. I'm Dr. Nathan Street. God bless you.